Father, we thank you this morning. We pray that your word will bring us back to life. Like the prophet Ezekiel entered into the valley of dry bones and every single weary, dead, useless bone came back to life. I pray that by the breath of the word of God this morning, let flesh return to every dry bone in this place. Let life return to every life that has given up. And Lord, let them rise as a mighty army. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together for God. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate them. Aquaba is doing well. Aquaba is doing well. Aquaba is doing well. I hear yesterday the sukkah in fear at the wedding. Come on, come on, let's celebrate Aquaba. Last Thursday, he took his choir to their studio. Sure, they are not joking at all. So he says, I should not give them transport every week to go to the studio. Let's celebrate his leadership. I celebrate him because for some of us, rebukes don't wake us up. But one rebuke and Aquaba was in his feet. Come on, let's celebrate him. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 to verse 14. And we'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Today, my message is, God believes in you. To believe in something simply means to have confidence and full assurance that that thing or that person will always live up to expectation. To believe in someone is to have full assurance and confidence that that person will always live up to expectations. Now, by this definition, a lot of us will be thinking, hey, but I don't always meet God's standards. So, pastor, when you start a sermon by this bold statement that God believes in me, is that really true? Let's see from the word of God. How God sees you versus how perhaps you see yourself. And today, my belief is that there will be a shift in your life. There will be a shift in your mindset about your life and your personality your relationship with God, and your self-esteem. So, Moses had fled Egypt, having killed an Egyptian in an attempt to um, rescue an Israelite who was being molested by this Egyptian taskmaster. And the matter got known by Pharaoh, and so Moses flees Egypt and goes to hide in a place called Midian. For 40 years. Now, while in Midian, he lived with a man whose daughter he got married to and whose flock Moses became a shepherd of. And one day, as he took the flock to the backside of the desert, he encountered God in what is popularly known as the burning bush experience. Moses sees bush burning, but it was not being consumed. And out of the bush, the angel of the Lord speaks to Moses and gives him an assignment for his life. Indeed, that was the real beginning of the life of this man called Moses. Around this time, he was about 80 years old. And God started with him at 80. I don't know how old you are. But if God can use an 80-year-old man, then I believe he can use somebody in his 20s. If you are in your 30s, I want you to know that you are not older than Moses. And so you are more, you are, you are a better 
candidate for God to use than Moses. Oh, I'm coming to you. God believes in you. Let's read with a loud voice. Ready, go. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. So God was drawing Moses' attention to an assignment that he wanted him to deal with. And there was a problem. And God was looking for Moses to deal with the problem. Some of us come into families and come into life and our lives are littered with challenges. Our backgrounds are littered with difficulties. Our, our school is littered with difficulties. Our economy is littered with challenges. And God is telling me to tell you that he has so much confidence in you. That's why he brought you into this world at a time such as this. You are the Moses God has been looking for. <laughs> verse, verse 10. Verse 10. Go. Ready? Go. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. So that is the assignment. Verse 11. But Moses protested to God. Read it again. In other words, Moses refused to go. And Moses gives us the reason why he does not qualify. Moses gives the reason why God cannot count on him to do this work. Moses gives a reason why it must be somebody else and not him. Here, Moses. Ready, go. Who am I? I want you to underline that word. Who am I? So Moses' refusal had nothing to do with God, but had everything to do with himself. His reason was not about God. His reason was about himself. Sometimes some of you, when we give you opportunities, oh no, I can't do it. I am shy. I am that. I am this. I, where do I come from? Who did? Listen, today my sermon is to wipe all those things out of your head. Who am I? Where do I come from? And I will show you why you always feel unqualified. I'll give you four reasons why you feel unqualified. Who am I? Go. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? And who am I to lead the people of Egypt out? The people of Israel out of Egypt. I feel like prophesying at this point. You will appear before President Nana Adodankwa Akufuadu. You will appear before the UN Secretary General. You will appear on CNN. You will appear on TV. You will appear on Al Jazeera. You will appear in America. You will appear in the White House. Who is it that I prophesy to? Hey! Pharaoh was the most influential king. And God was calling Moses to appear before him. I declare to you, you will appear before the VC. Not, not for a reprimand. Not to be rusticated. But you will appear before him for honor. I said you will appear before the vice chancellor for honor. You will appear before the dean of students for a promotion. You will appear before the panel of judges for a lifting. May somebody be lifted here. Who said? Who am I? You are the one. Oh, I feel like prophesying again. I don't know who will be signing a check of a million dollars in the next two years. But if you are the one, you can say, I am the one. 
I see somebody appearing in parliament for their constituency. I don't know who it is. I see somebody in court and the person who's wearing black and white with wig on his head. I don't know who it is. I see somebody in the doctor's consulting room and is taking care of patients and I don't know who it is. I see somebody in lab tech but suddenly the person has turned profession and the person has become a consultant for the United Nations. Hey! I don't know who it is, but you are the one to appear before great people. See thou a man who is diligent in his ways. He will not appear before mere men, but before kings. I release an anointing of all of you. You will not be ordinary in your generation. You will appear before kings. You will appear before great people. Where great people gather, that is where you will be. And Jesus said, where the carcasses, that is where the eagles congregate. I declare that wherever there is a blessing, that is where your name will be found. I said, wherever there is a blessing, that is where your name will be found. Shall I receive it? You will lead your family out of poverty. You lead this school, you lead this nation out of poverty. The person to lead this nation out of the economic pools is coming out. Oh, stand, stand, stand. Last Sunday, Apostle John was in the prophetic. Those of you who were not there, he said the persons and the people to lift Ghana out of his struggles are in this congregation and they are just waiting for their time. Who will lead Egypt? Who will lead Israel out of Egypt? Who will lead Ghana out of poverty? Who will lead your family out of polygamy? Oh, I'm prophesying so you can answer. Who will lead your family out of sicknesses? Who will lead this nation out of sin? Who will lead this nation out of corruption? Who will lead this nation out of pain? Who will lead this nation out of diseases? If you are the one I prophesy to, run into your miracle, run into your prophetic identity, celebrate yourself. I'm walking in power, I'm walking in miracles, I live a life of favor. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking in power, I'm walking in miracles, I live a life of favor. I know. Walking in power. I'm walking in power. Walking in miracles. I'm walking in miracles. I live a life. I live a life. Prophesy to yourself. Say I'm walking. I'm walking in power. Walking in miracles. I'm walking in miracles. I live a life. I know who I am. I like this one. Take a look at me. I'm a wonder. It doesn't matter what you see now. Look for somebody and tell them. His glory. Oh, I know. Tell them. Tell them. Don't be shy this morning. You are wonder. His glory. I know who I am. Take a look at me. Look at me. It doesn't matter what you see now. See His glory. I know who I am. I know who I am. Take a look at me. I'm a wonder. Doesn't matter what you see now. Doesn't matter what you see now. And see His glory. See His glory. I know who I am. I know who I am. Oh. Oh.
Moses, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? And who am I to lead Israel out of Egypt? The people to appear before Pharaoh and the people to lead Israel out of Egypt, they are in this room. You will lead this nation out of the doctrines of poverty. Those who said there is no hope for this nation, when they were saying it, they did not know you were around. Oh. Those who said that this nation will go down and down, when they were saying it, they didn't know you had been born. Those who thought Israel would remain in Egypt perpetually, they didn't know that Moses had been born. Hey, you are the Moses of your generation. I'm telling you, those who said there is no hope, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. I want to give somebody an I've not been started pre- Go and introduce yourself to somebody. Mention the title that you want. If you want to be an apostle, you can say it. If you want to be a billionaire in dollars, you can say it. If you want to own restaurants in chains, you can say it. You know who you are. 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 Who told you? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Verse 12, please sit down, let me bless you. Verse 12. Let's go, verse 12. Uh, did, did I hear that the president of Ghana was in this place? Mr. President, can you just come and give us a walk? Come on. Madam Vice President, can you come and give us a walk? Madam Speaker, Mr. Speaker, give yourself a celebration. I know who I am. Verse 12, let's go, verse 12. God, let's go. God answered, I will be with you. (laughs) This is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. This same place, verse 13. Verse 13. But Moses protested. God assures him of his presence. Then Moses protested again. 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 Let's, let's, let's hear his protest. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Something is doing me. When you tell them that you have become prosperous, they will ask, where did you get the money? (laughs) When you tell them that you made first class, those who wrote wrote you down because you didn't do well in your wasi, when they hear your name that you've made first class, they'll say, how did you do it? Because they knew you back then that used to copy. But what they don't know is that you have had a certain encounter. You have met the God of Israel. Today, anybody who looked down upon you, they are about to look up to you. Say, God believes in me. God believes in me. Say, God believes in me. What is his name? Hey, your, 
Your enemy said they'll be shocked at what God is about to do with you. People are judging you based on your past. But what they don't know is that you're having a certain encounter that is pushing you into your future. I push you into your destiny. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. Let me end at verse 14. Then what should I tell them? Let's go. Oh no, verse 14. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you, me to you. Amen. Now, so, 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 hear this. God was sending this man on an assignment. And the man's challenge was, me, I can't do it. It can't be me. And yet God was insisting that he was the one. Some of us feel like committing suicide. Some of us feel like we don't deserve it. We are not worth it. It can't be us. It has to be somebody. This person speaks better English. This person is that. I was that. I come from here. I am this. I am that. That doesn't change God's mind about you. Once he has chosen you, he will make sure that you become. Let me give you two testimonies and I get into some points. See, there are people that I know that the God of Royal House Chapel, Yahweh, the I am, has sent and polished their lives. There are some, I can't mention a lot of names, but there are some who came into the church as drug addicts. And whilst they were in church, they were still drug addicts. But today, they have become pastors. Alright. So, four things. Four pieces. Can I say the four pieces of why he asked who he was. The four pieces why you don't believe in yourself. Number one. Past failures and weaknesses. Number two. Present circumstances. Number three. Physical limitations. And number four. People's perception. When these four are in operation, or even one of them is in operation in your life, you cannot believe in yourself. And reflect on your life, and you will see it. What people say about you has informed your mind so much and captured your life that you can't move forward. When they say you marry a rich man, you say, hey. Even Kwame Bodier didn't even ask me out. Even Kwame Ahe. And Abuaji. And Obimpe could not even like me. Even Obimpe could not ask me out. Even Ampedu. And Opoku did not even like me. How much less? But you see, God believes in you. God. If people do not believe in you, you don't believe in yourself, I want you to know that God believes in you. Now, this is how God demonstrates his belief in us. By what, listen, God believes in you and he proves it by what he puts on you and puts in you and what he invests in you. And whenever you believe in something, that is how you prove your belief in it. You invest in that thing. Or you pay a price for it. 
Should I prove it to you? What am I holding? It's a phone. Now, this is iPhone 10. This is iPhone 10, right? If I take this iPhone 10, what is this? This is a bottle of sanitizer, right? Okay. If I tell you that this iPhone 10, give me 2,000 CDs and come for it. And I take this sanitizer, I say, give me 2,000 CDs and come for it. Which one are you likely to pay 2,000 CDs for? Why not the sanitizer? No, why not the sanitizer? Let's, we are preaching, but we are, we are, we are, we are, we are let's pick your brain. So on this note, we go on a survey. Please, can we have some mics go around? Why wouldn't you pay? Why would you? Why are you more likely to pay two thousand cities for the iPhone ten? Yeah, and then that's J. Yeah, why are you more likely to pay two thousand for the iPhone ten than the bottle of sanitizer? Yes. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to pay two thousand cities for the iPhone ten mostly because of the value. Because of the value. value. It has more value. And with the iPhone 10, I can get three or more, or even 10 pack of the sanitizer. Mm. Thank you very much, sir. Mm. Okay, that's a very good one. Value. He mentions a word of value. The next one, any other? Please don't. He has not given the final, he has given an answer. I want some, I want some people who, knows, who know that God believes in them to answer. Don't be afraid of the mic, it will shock you. It's not like the. It's not like the it's not like the musicians own. That shocked them. How do you remember last Sunday? They are holding. Then they will fall on the stage. Worship leaders can do theatricals. Please, um, the content. The content. Mm, the content. I've had value. Content. Wow. They are preaching. Yes. So in this case. So the content of the sanitizer is sanitizer, right? But the content of the phone is the features that it offers, right? Excellent. Good. Um, because the sanitizer is not worth 2,000. So it's I not worth value. Worth. Worth. Yes. Worth. worth. Yes. Anymore. Yes. Uh, because I can use the phone to do many things. Even make calls, WhatsApp, and other things. But the sanitizer is just for hand. The sanitizer, you can only use it to sanitize. You can use your phone to make call. You can use it to take pictures. You can, oh. So this is it. You are more likely to pay that much for one of the two objects because of your perception of its value, of its worth, of its usefulness. Of its functions. So you will pay for it. The price you pay for something is your measure of its worth, usefulness, and value. Should I say that again? How much you are willing to put into something is a proof of your belief in that thing. So God believes in you, and so God also invests in you. God also pays for you. If you think God did not believe in you, hear these five things, which are a proof of God's belief in you, which are a sign of God's investment in you, which are a sign of God's price for you. 
You see, God believed in Moses, even though he was a murderer. So God gave him his name. He said, when you go, tell them that I am, I sent you. For Moses, he gave him the name, his secret name. Something that he had hidden from Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the covenant people. He said, when you go to them, tell them I am. God entrusted his secret name and gave it to Moses. He says, Moses, what are you holding? He says, I'm holding a rod. Throw it down. And the thing became a snake. God gave him power. God entrusted the supernatural also with him. The guy was a medrow, but God was loading him. He was giving things to him in one meeting. God was taking a risk with him. Do you know that when you buy this phone with all of its features, you are taking a risk? Yeah. What you pay for it is a measure and a sign of risk that you attribute. You have, you have decided to take on to have it. Five investments that God makes in us that prove that he believes in us. Number one. And the thing is that these things I'm saying, it's not things that God is about to do for you. God has already done for you. Already accomplished. Number one. Number one thing that God has given you. He has given you his son. His son. For God so loved the world that he gave the world his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay. God gave you his son. Number two. God gave you his spirit. Number three, God gave you angelic presence. He, he gave and still gives. Number, number four, his audience. Number five, his mysteries. Five prizes. Five investments that God makes in everyone, especially every believer, to prove that he believes in you. His son, I, I'll, I'll preach this thing really quick, his son. Now there are scriptures to back this and throughout the week we'll be sharing these with you so that you can be, you can be, you can be, you can be, you can be using them to know how valuable you are. Let me give you the first one. It is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. His son. He says, For God bought you with a price. So you must honor God with your body. What was the price God bought you with? It was the blood of Jesus. The life of Jesus. God so believed in you that he allowed his son to come all the way from heaven cross the curtains and the divide between the spirit and come into the physical to be born to become a baby <laughs> to live for 33 years 
and to die a shameful death all because of you. If you were the only person, the only sinner on earth, God would still have sent Jesus to come and die for you. Chief, are you going? Is it okay? Is everything okay? Are you leaving? Okay, all right. You see, all right. If God, if God, hmm, if God saw you as the only sinner on earth, he would still have sent his son to die for you. How do I know this? When Adam and Eve sinned, they were the only two people on earth. The day they sinned and said they were naked and they were hiding from God, God took an animal, killed it, shed its blood and covered them. Now this was a foreshadowing of what he was going to do to redeem all mankind. And he proved it to just two human beings. So, if you are the only sinner on earth, Jesus would still have come some 2,000 years ago. He gave him just for you. Jesus did not come for us. Jesus came for you. He died for you. It was a price that God paid for you. You were going to hell. And God appeared in the market of the spirit and said, hell, are you looking for a victim? Are you looking for somebody to take? Here's my son. Take him to hell. And bought you back. That's why it's called redemption. Do you know what redemption means? The word redemption means to buy back. So, the redemption that we experience in Christ is that Jesus was put where we ought to be put. Those of you who do not know it, when Jesus died, he went to hell. All of us sinners, our destination is, was supposed to have been hell. But Jesus went one time, entered into hell for all of us. Nobody has a right again to go to hell unless they want to. As you are sitting here as a Christian, and if you are not one, this is the love of God. As you are sitting here as a believer, don't look down upon yourself. Your life is equal to the life of Jesus. Because if this is equal, if this is worth 2,000 Ghana cities, it, is, it means that if I can exchange 2,000 Ghana cities for this, then this is actually 2,000 cities that I'm holding in my hand. Do you understand? Am I confusing you? So as you are sitting down here right now, you are as valuable to God as Jesus is valuable to God. You want to clap? You can clap. You are precious to God like Jesus is precious to God. The price he, pays for, he paid for you is equal to your life. Your life is like the life of Jesus. Your value is like Jesus to God. You are as much a son of God as Jesus is a son of God. He said to them, I called you friends, but now I call you brothers. We are heirs of the father. Do you know who a heir is? You cannot be a heir. In Jewish tradition, you cannot be a heir unless you're a son. You are a son. <laughs> so, why would you look at yourself in the mirror and think you're nobody? Anytime you think you're nobody, you hurt God. Anytime your boyfriend makes you feel like you're useless, I want you to know that what they are dealing with is that they are dealing with the Christ in you. 
and God will not shut up. When somebody maltreats you, it's not you they are maltreating, they are maltreating the Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. From today, don't think God does not love you. Don't think you are nobody. When you see the cross, when as Easter is coming, I want to, Easter is a measure of our value. That's why I love Easter. In fact, I love Easter more than Christmas. Because of the point of his birth, if not for his death. Is somebody receiving value? Feeling your worth. When you, when you are going to pray, even if you have sinned and you are coming before God, don't feel useless. Jesus can boldly enter into his father's throne. You too, you can boldly enter into church. Should I say that again? You can boldly enter into church. It doesn't matter where you went last night and what you did. You can boldly appear. The Bible says, let us now come boldly. He said, let us now. The Bible is saying, let us now. No, he's not evaluating their lives. He's just saying, let them come boldly. Come boldly. Some of you, you do things and say, hey, I can't come to church. Last night, the thing I did, you know. No. Number two. What's the second one? His spirit. Listen. Every born again child of God has the spirit of God living in their inside. The Bible says that if anybody does not have the spirit of Christ, it's none of his. In other words, anybody who is a child of God necessarily has the spirit of God in them. In in the same 1 Corinthians 6, the verse 19 says that, don't you realize that you are the body, you are, you are, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. So even though you are living, you are in this physical body, in this body, inside this body, inside this body, inside this body, the Holy Spirit is inside the Holy Spirit is not outside. Though. The Holy Spirit is inside. Should I say that again? Don't go and be looking for the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you. When we come to church, we bring him to church. And the Spirit in you, and the Spirit in me, and the Spirit in you, and the Spirit, and the Spirit collectively create an atmosphere of the Spirit. You don't come to church to meet God. You come to church with God. And you, you open him up in the presence. God has given you his spirit. Number three. Angelic presence. This one, I want them to put the scripture there because it excites me. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Put it in New King James. See, Every believer has angels around them. Every believer. Every believer. Whether you see it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you know it or not, you all constantly have angels with you. When you say, I need an angel, send me an angel. I want you to know that no, the angel is with you. <laughs> He's not. The, not the sending. You have not even used the ones that are with you. They are calling for reinforcement. Read the text. Ready, go. 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? You already have salvation. And once you have salvation, angels are sent to minister to you. Angels are sent to help you. Minister means help. As you are sitting there right now, you have soldiers with you. As you are sitting there right now, you have people to teach you. As you are sitting there right now, you have some boy boys with you that want to go on an errand for you. I am telling you by this scripture. You are angels. Personalities were sent, have been sent from heaven that are with you right here, right now. You see why I cannot disrespect you? Because you are soldiers on guard. By being president of Ghana, has the Ghana army behind him and the police behind him and carry him. And you too, by being a son of the kingdom, an ambassador of the kingdom, you have soldiers with you. You have heaven's army with you. You have heaven's policemen with you. You have heaven's soldiers with you. You have heaven's immigration with you. You have heaven's fire service with you. Yeah! That is you. So why won't you believe in yourself? He, when he's coming to speak as president, will concur and speak. I, as the president, to protect you. I am, I am telling you that in the realms of the spirit, you too, you are president. If you don't know, people will try. Well, you are processing it. You are the salt of the earth. The light of this world. He said, what use would the salt be if it loses its saltiness? I said that men trample. If you don't know that you are salt, that's when men trample upon you. Have you ever seen salt losing saltiness before? It doesn't happen. Thousands of years and salt remains salt. That is how you are. Whether you like it or not, you are, you have angelic presence. And if you don't know it, that's when men trample on you. Today, I'll give you the chance eh, to deal with some people. Verse 4, and I finish. Verse 4. Verse 4. Oh, so the, the, the fourth point. His audience. His audience. See, do you know that the kind of people that you have attention with also tells your value in life? In the physical, if I drive my car, get to the entrance of Flagstaff House, and they ask me, where are you going? I'm going to see Akufado. What do you think will happen to me? Just, what do you think will happen to me? Who am I? And then what next? By the time I finish telling them who am I, they'll start thinking, is he an assassin? <laughs> is he planning a coup? But if I tell them, I am, if they know that I'm a cabinet member, if they know, that I'm a cabinet member, I'm a minister of state. There is something I need to discuss with the president urgently. What do you think will happen? They will open the gate for me. And some of them, what even happens is that when they get there, they know their car. And when they are coming, the doors open. And they enter. Why? Because by who they are, they know that they have audience with the queen. Do you know that all of you have an opportunity to pray. And God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and I will hear them. Do you know that God 
decision to grant you audience is a sign of your value? Do you understand? See, you, you have to be a minister of state or somebody important for the president of Ghana to give you audience. And you have to be a believer for the president of the world and the universe to give you audience. So, I dare say that even on account of the fact that you have audience with God, it's a sign that you are very valuable. Seest thou a man who is diligent in his ways? He shall appear before great men and not be known. The Bible says again, there's a scripture that talks about a gift for king what was it? A gift of a man makes me. And what? Brings you before great men. What? Your gift is your salvation. It makes way before you. It makes way before you and God. Your salvation is your gift. That gives you access. You are valuable. You are not useless. You are not a nobody. You are not a non-entity. When you speak, heaven listens. The fifth point, and I finish on that note. Mysteries. You see, one day Jesus, in Matthew chapter 13, you can go and read it. He was speaking to, Matthew chapter 13 has so many parables. But the most popular parable in Matthew chapter 13 is what we call the parable of the sower, where Jesus talks about how people are receptive to the word of God. And he compares people's hearts and attitudes to the field and grounds on which the word of God comes to. And he told it to all like a story. And when he had told the story, the people said, ah, people are angry. Why is he saying these things? So they left. Jesus said, oh, seeing they will see, but not perceive. Hearing they will hear, but not understand. Then his disciples came and said, but why do you speak to the people in parables? Then Jesus said to his disciples, he said, for to you it has been given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So, now Jesus proves it. When they were all gone, then Jesus now explains the parable to them. We have an understanding of the parable of the sower because Jesus told his disciples. It should have just been a parable in the Bible just like that. What, what is mysteries? See, this preacher I'm preaching here. Are you understanding me? Do you know that there are many people that can come and sit here but will not understand? It will sound like gibberish, Greek, or something. Your ability to even understand what I am preaching is a sign that God believes in you. You can clap. Some people, you preach, 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 they will never understand. Because there are scales on their eyes. But the moment God gives you understanding of revelation, and trust revelation to you, it's a proof that he believes in you. He said that, cast not your pearls before swines, nor your goodly things before the dogs, lest they trample it underfoot. When God casts his goodly things before you, it's a sign that he trusts Some of us, we can't read the whole, the same Bible, but we don't see the same things. The measure of depth that you have in the word is a proof of God's trust in you. The secret things 
of the Lord belong to those who fear him. And he has trusted these secrets to you. You think you are saved by chance? No. It's an investment. It's a price. So they walk out of here confident, boldly knowing that if nobody believes you, if your parents did not believe you, if they called you names, if your teachers called you names, the fact that you have the spirit of God on your inside, the fact that you are saved, the fact that there are angels around you, the fact that you can understand the word of God, and the fact that you can pray and God listens is a proof that God believes in you. I love you. God bless you. No one knows like I know what you've done.